So welcome to the first ever Clean at Work YouTube and podcast. Uh, I'm John and we've got Sarah. Hi. I, don't <laughs> I don't think they can hear you on the podcast waving, Sarah. <laughs> I guess we'll get used to that as we, we go along. Um, and we've got two passions that uh, we want to try and bring together through this series. Uh, we've got Agile Coaching which we both practice and love. And we've got systemic modeling and clean language. Uh, and we found real synergies in bringing these two things together. And hopefully through watching or listening to these, uh, you'll find a love for these two things as well. In this first session, we thought we'd uh, focus on why systemic modeling and what difference it's made to us and some friends we've got. So we've got a panel of four Agile coaches that have all um, had some involvement in systemic modeling. They've all done uh, a fair bit of training now around that. And we're gonna explore what difference it's made to them. So I'm gonna ask the question, uh, what difference has systemic modeling made to you? Who'd like to go first? I can go. <laughs> Uh, quite a lot, I would say. Uh, to me, it's very much about learning. There was so much I didn't understand about me and how I reacted to situation and how, how I responded to things. And just being part of systemic modeling and learning clean, it does something with you. You're much more aware about state, uh, the current state, if state is changing, and, uh, and also listening for evidence and inferences and separating that out. So more crisp, easy to think, I would say. That's mm. a short answer, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of things that we could delve into there. I often say about it's like... Um, once you see some of these models that you learn through systemic modeling, um, you don't unsee things. And that's kind of a, I see it as a, a real value, but also um, a real curse as well, right? It's like, I don't always want to be able to see evidence and inference. Sometimes I just want to like <laughs> have an opinion yeah, on something. Exactly. <laughs> that's a difficult part. <laughs> yeah. And who's got something different? What difference has it made to, to you? I, I do. I actually came, came at it from a, a, a different angle. I was working with a, a group of folks whose life experience is very different from mine. And so they would make, they would say things uh, based on, on their past experience. And I really didn't know, I wasn't part of their story. I didn't know how to, to engage. And, and I actually stumbled upon the, a cleanish question that I would ask regularly and got great success, and that was, what happened? And, and that actually opened up the door for them to start talking about the, weaving their narrative and helping me see where I could fit in that and, and interact with them. And, and that led into to learning a lot more about curiosity coming across uh, Caitlin Walker's book, From Contempt to Curiosity, where she had done a lot of work with, 
with with groups of, of folks who were were having a lot of, of challenges and and the ways that 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 she describes going through unpacking the story and helping the members of a group unpack a story helps put me in a perspective where I'm letting go of any judgment I might have. I'm, I'm not accepting words that I think have a specific meaning. I'm not accepting my specific meaning for words that they say. Instead, I'm, I'm helping them unpack that. So before I respond, I, I get a clear understanding of what it is that we're really talking about. And I find that that's so helpful in, in any situation, just, just helping unpack, not just others, but myself. Often I'll say something that makes a lot of sense to me, but is just as clear as mud to the people around me. And, and if I'm thinking about, about doing some modeling and unpacking my own words, that helps me be more clear. And by surrounding myself with others who were who are familiar with that, that, that technique or those techniques helps make me be more clear and, and hone my message. Mm. And what's been the biggest challenge through all of those things that you've learned? What's really changed or challenged your, um, your beliefs or your mind from before to now knowing this stuff? <laughs> Being embarrassed when I didn't um, follow the, the systemic modeling guidance um, when when somebody said something that just really set me off in absolutely the wrong direction and I told them so and then I found out oh no no that's not what they meant at all what they meant was something that we could have a wonderfully civil conversation about yeah it's like me on Twitter or LinkedIn every week right I keep keep failing <laughs> I don't seem to learn that lesson just just leave it alone <laughs> <sighs> Who's got something else they'd like to share? Yeah, I'll go. Um, so for me, um, I've always had this kind of issue with language um, because everybody has different meanings or inferences or ideas about concept, words, labels, and so on. Um, so for me, it's always been... Uh, um, how do you call it? I would prefer to speak in English because it would broaden my mindset or, or my, yeah, the way I think about things because I would think about like, okay, so what could this word possibly mean since it's not my native language? Um, and that whole process kind of resembles what clean language and, and systemic modeling do for me now. It's, it's giving me tools of broadening my mindset and my, and my view of what people are saying to be curious to what is they actually mean instead of just going with my inferences and assumptions. That's one part. And the other part is just getting to know myself. Mm. This is lovely quote that's being used in the, like the matrix movie above the, the door uh, thing with the, um, it's the, the quote, like, uh, know thyself. And that's what I've been doing lately. It's like just um, meeting up with people, using clean language and systemic modeling to just to understand my own patterns and my own ways of thinking. Um, 
so that I can use that to improve upon myself and therefore give back ideas and, and things to others as well. Yeah, I think it's knowing yourself is, is some, I was speaking to a couple of people about a few weeks ago. It's like, I didn't sign up for myself to change in all this. I wanted <laughs> to learn like some cool tools that Caitlin does so other people can change. Where did I sign up for me to change in all this? Well, you know what they say, right? The people that can't, can't do, the, the people that teach can't do or something, right? I mean, everybody who teaches, teaches things that they're not as good at themselves mm -hmm. so that they can learn from their own teaching. And I think that's really true. It's, it's part of the whole process. Yeah. I mean, I've done so many different coaching things in the past, like ask, organization relationship systems coaching, co-active, um, other coaching programs. Um, and all of those are kind of assumed that I would learn a lot about myself. It's interesting that the one that I didn't think that would happen would be this one. And it's the one where it's really kind of opened up like some things that about myself that I thought I'd dealt with and, and worked through in the past. It's just... It's like layers, isn't it? When you start, you get to understand something and you read, read, read a book and think everything through and, well, this is really great stuff. And then you start practicing it and you realize things about yourself. And mm. then two weeks later, you realize new things that you didn't even think of. And it just keeps going and... Yeah, it's kind of tough also, I think. Straining, right? Just ne never it's seems to end. Yeah, it's interesting that that's where you go because as I look at what's changed for me, I think access to those layers, both for myself and for my coaches, is one of the biggest changes. It, and it was very organic as soon as I was exposed to this stuff. Like so, even feeling very incompetent about it, still some of the clean started to peter into those sessions and help people deepen what they knew. And by being able to pull myself out of it and let them be in their stuff instead, I was able to help them get deeper, understand more of those layers and really go a little further. So for me, like I've blended clean in with a lot of the other skills that I have and it, it's really helped me help others get to their layers. And of course you can't help but to do your own self work while you're doing that. But, and uh, what you said early on around the knowing your states and knowing, you know, where your, your, your own messy is getting in there, like seeing that in a way that I didn't see it before, it made it so much clearer, which not only the tools I was giving, using with them probably helped them deepen, me getting out of the way, I'm sure it helped them deepen there too. So really when I, when I'm coaching with people that that is a big benefit and then also trying to spread it too. like, even in my, I feel like I'm in my infancy and learning a lot of this, but I'm spreading it as much as I can bringing in people who are stronger at it and trying to spread it to the people that I teach about this stuff, because, you know, it also gives another way of thinking about things that, it'll click for some people it you know it clicks in some people's ways of thinking you know some of the things we do in the systemic modeling resonate with people in ways that other things haven't resonated mm. i've had a lot of luck with that too when, when i'm teaching it sounds like we're starting to get into that second question now around what differences it made to us in our work 
So we've talked about the difference in us and the change we've had, but what about in, in the work? How's it affected your agile coaching or your, your training, Jolene? Ah, you're right. I did slip into that question because I have such a hard time differentiating. Mm. Um, like I said, part of it is the variety, you know, different is Trump's same always. And having some, hmm, I have some people that do some deep work with me and, and uh, having another place to go and another place to practice has been really helpful. Like even doing different things, like looking at feedback differently, looking at how you ask questions differently, uh, different types of setups, how you're starting, you know, how you start your conversations uh, there's so many different tools that that can pull in that have really helped as i look at how i help train facilitators and coaches and what they're doing and so and I, it's never been the same like i don't have a a set set of tools that i i'm passing on yet so i pivot a lot to what feels right for the group that i'm with but it's given them a lot of tools to take forward and um a lot of positive feedback about how about using that. So, and then I think some of the different methods in facilitating the room too. One of the things I like about the work with Caitlin is being very, it's very quantifiable about like the techniques that work well in facilitation. A lot of the ways that we teach facilitators to get better are very vague Mm. And I, we want them that way. We want people to, to find their own ways as well. But I like some of the succinct things that we can give them about bossing the room and, and, and doing things that really help them strengthen themselves as agile facilitators and, and holding the space. Yeah. I, I always uh, relate similar to what people say about uh, the Scrum framework. So it's simple to understand, difficult to master. We can argue whether that's we think that's correct or not, but I find the same with systemic modeling. Right? It's, the models are simple to understand, but um, to facilitate in a systemic modeling way is you know, really difficult to master. Um, and that's why the tools work so well for me. So I, you know, most of them have kind of three, um, you know, three stages or three parts to it, so they can be remembered. And once you share that with someone on a training course or with a team, it's amazing how quickly they like pick up that superpower, as I like to call it, that they start to see that everywhere. Right? Yeah. So we can talk about the drama triangle. We'll talk about all these tools in future episodes. There's just three, three roles, really, that you need to think about. But even Bad though it's some... simple, when you see someone who's a master at it, like Caitlin, and how she can manipulate sounds negative, but like move yeah. the group in whichever way she wants to get the outcomes that she knows the team needs to expose the dysfunctions or drama that are happening underneath the surface that people are too polite to talk about. Like that's when you see that magic happen because of these simple tools, like, like it, it gives me goosebumps even talking about it because it's mm. so powerful. Yeah. She said something really that resonated with me a few weeks ago. She said, these tools are tools to be used systemically and not by systemic coaches so it made a huge difference between something like ask that i'd been through where most of the tools you're always going to be dependent on the coach so a lot of the tools within ask you, you're always going to need a coach there in systemic modeling world the whole premise of what she's done is to build resilient teams that can use the models for themselves and 
one of my values as an agile coach is that uh, I want to be able to uh, be not, not needed as quickly as possible. And I haven't found any other set of tools that allow me to do that as effectively and as quickly as the systemic modeling tools. That, that kind of, of open approach to, to coaching where, where we're, as Jolene said, I used the phrase holding space. Mm-hmm. And, and what I love about that, that phrase, in my experience, comes from, from open space technology, where the, where the facilitator's responsibility is to, to make sure that it's, it's very easy for the, the people in the system to do the work that they need to be doing. And, and I see that same thing as you were t- just referring to, John, with, with um, facilitating from a uh, systemic modeling perspective. It's not about the facilitator. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not our show. It's the, the important thing is the discovery that the, the group makes about the group itself and about the individuals within the group. One of the things that I, I like so much about about systemic modeling it's a it's a small thing and it's a it's a cultural difference thing and in the u.s we spell modeling with a single l Mm -hmm. and in my past experience i've used the word model to mean demonstrate a way in which i would like other people to be able to to behave and in the uk modeling is spelled with two l's Whenever I'm spelling out systemic modeling, I spell it with two L's because with systemic modeling, it's not about me showing the behaviors that I want the people around me to be able to to do. It's actually me helping the members of the group construct and understand their models of themselves and models of how the other people are thinking. And that was a huge distinction for me to, to, to be able just to step back and say, it's, it's not about me. It's about, it's about John and Sarah and Johan and Jolene and Pascal and me all together. We're in this group and we all think differently. And I can learn so much from how each of you think about a thing or a skill. And you can learn from me and we can learn from each other. The, the beauty of all, for me, of all the tools within systemic modeling is that there's so many, there's so many dimensions that, that Caitlin has managed to study and uncover where it's, whether it's drama triangle or clean setup or brain states or evidence and inference and impact, all of those things are happening all at once. And, and she's done such a great job of teasing the individual things out so we can we can learn to, to approach those situations using those different tools as, as, they, sit, as they seem to fit. Mm. Doing it, and if you're facilitating using systemic modeling, it's like, it's, it, it's so respectful. You can do, as you said, Sarah, you, uh, you, you can direct attention, you can you can hold hold the room, hold the space, and you can make sure everyone get their uh, ideas out. And still, and wh- and and while when you're using the tools, the kind of the group kind of absorbed it 
in a way. So they start using it, but without, you, you don't need really to say, now we're going to do this and this. It's, so there are so many, many dimensions to, to what's happening when facilitating uh, uh, through these tools, I think. And I'm just fascinated by it. Mm. And how about you, Pascal? What difference has it made to your work? Um, yeah, what I noticed is that um, since I've been um, so diligent, maybe, I don't know, at trying to figure out where do my inferences start and where is, where is the evidence of what I'm thinking, um, I've noticed that my whole way of thinking on the job, but also out of the job, is like I'm constantly checking whether or not um, I'm hearing evidence, inference, or impact. And it's not in a degree that I'm, I'm thinking it's annoying or I don't want to anymore. But for me, it's like a liberation. It's like, oh, oh, okay, so somebody is coming from this angle here and approaching it this way. And that person is approaching it from this way. And it just helps me to understand where everybody's coming from. Mm. Um, and that helps me to actually um, make them curious about each other's perspectives so that they can start to do the same thing for themselves. Um, and then it's all about sharing the differences and amplifying those and seeing that it's okay that we're all different. And I, I feel that that's so important to emphasize right now. Um, it's okay to be different and we don't have to shame people about it. It's about getting to know the differences and then to decide as a collective or as a group to see, okay, so what's the best way to go forward? Mm. And that's, that's my, my, my default go-to nowadays. And that's what I really, really love about it. I was in a class once with Caitlin and she said that we amplify the differences and then we pour love on them. And I was like, uh, Oh, I love that so much. That's really what you do. Like not in a fake saccharine way, but you amplify that everyone is so different and then you accept it yeah. rather than saying, Oh, well the way you're doing that is wrong. And like the more you do this work, the more you see how drastically different people are. You like experience it versus knowing it in a theoretical way. And it blows my mind every time no matter how simple it is, how very different everyone is. Yeah. yeah. I think um, there is one more in, in work where I think I really can see use of using these tools. And I, I'm thinking, you know, before you start some kind of work with a group or an organization, the whole thing around scoping and understanding mm -hmm. and, 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 and listen for and recognizing drama, for example, early on and pay attention to it and be able to respond to it even before you start working with a group or groups of groups. Uh, I think that's uh, also a, made a huge, to say, impact on me. Yeah. There's so, so much energy being expended these days in some people really working really, really hard to change other people. Mm -hmm. I, I see it in, just in society in general. I see it in a lot of agile transformation work. Mm 
some people decide that other people need to work differently. And so they, they bring in an army of folks to figure out how to command the, the, the poor souls to work in a better way. And instead, what you said, Sarah, about, about just recognizing the differences. And it's really invitational. Systemic modeling is all about invitation. It's, it's ex extending the invitation to the members of the group to bring their full selves into the situation, to bring their full skills and their thinking and their acceptance of everybody else's abilities. And then with that expanded knowledge, figure out as a group, so what would we, what would we like to have happen? Yeah, that would be my dream out of all of this stuff to move away from what seems to be a more popular model of, of uh, imposing change on people to a space where um, change is something that people want and embrace and are part of and co-create. And it's interesting to start to see, as you said, Mark, um, the open space technology and systemic modeling come together a little bit because of some major synergies there. And, and I think that could be one way where we start to see more of a difference. How do we bring in these tools? Um, I've just started writing a series on agile scoping for that same thing. How do we translate these tools into something that more people in the agile community can relate to and do and, and work with? So I'm really excited about some little things that are going on at the minute. We'll see how they go. So thank you all for uh, joining us today. Um, I've enjoyed it. I hope our listeners enjoy it. Please do uh, write any comments in the uh, comment box. Uh, and also, um, if you didn't understand any language or want us to go deeper into any of those topics that you've heard today, then please let us know. It's a bye from now. Bye.